All right. Hey, this is uh, Brent Leary back again, LinkedIn Live. I like being on LinkedIn Live. It's kind of cool. I'm still trying to work out the kinks, trying to get used to certain things, but at least I always get good people to talk to when I do these things. So it's it's good to have Rick McCutcheon here, who is, is, is like the Microsoft Dynamics 365 CRM MVP uh, guru tied into the whole network. The <laughs> there. And he does that even while he's above the border in Canada. <laughs> hey, Rick, thanks for joining me, man. Hi, Brent. How's it going? going good uh down here and uh you say it's uh summertime up there and it it only lasts for what a month or something oh well we're in toronto it's not too bad we've got about the same climate as detroit and buffalo so uh okay. you know we're, we'll we'll last a couple more weeks but uh we know what's at the end of this it's cold gonna get cold again <laughs> hey rick if i could ask you to scooch over a little to your right just so all right now you're perfectly in the all right is, is that the, you got the, the Buffalo Bill blue shirt? Is that what's going on here? No, this is my company logo, full contact selling. Actually, I grew up outside of Detroit. So unfortunately, I'm a Detroit Lions fan and there's nothing I can do about it. So hey, but, I'm okay. know, it, it could be the year. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> I'm glad that, uh, I, I'm glad you were a Detroit Lions fan because it just means that you are not a New England Patriots fan. So Oh no, not a chance. Because this show would be really short uh, if that was the case. But okay, so uh, I kind of already laid out a little bit about what you do. You have full contact selling. You're like the, you're the chair of the big user group over uh, Dynamics 365 in Canada. Uh, but give us a little bit more. Well, I've been in in the CRM space for 25 years or so. You know, we started back in the old ACT days, uh, contact management, and we kind of rode that through, developed some of our own technology. It was bought out. And then when Microsoft uh, came out with Dynamics, I said, that sounds like a pretty good product to get involved with. So I've been involved with Microsoft Dynamics since uh, CRM, since 1.0. Wow. So, uh, you know, we're up to... Uh, you know, 20, 2019 now, we can say with our version because everything's online. So it's, it's come a long way and there's lots of exciting things happening in this sort of Microsoft ecosystem. So it's a pretty good place to be. Uh, from a practice, I have a, an interesting practice because I kind of break it into a, a couple of portions. I work with what they call ISV partners, people who want to build technology for Dynamics. So I do some coaching in that space, helping them get their products uh, you know, into the market and customize the right way for Dynamics. And then I do a lot of CRM planning, and, and that's what I do at your show, CRM Evolution. Um, I do a session on CRM planning. So I go into a lot of uh, usually mid-sized, bigger corporations and help them strategically figure out how they want to use uh, Dynamics 365 customer engagement, which is what we now call the CRM product. I, I joke, but it's almost sort of like half-jokingly when I say this. It's like I think you know more about Dynamics 365 and the ecosystem and the partners than most employees at Microsoft. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because Dynamics is, what, 10% of Microsoft. So there's a lot of Microsoft people walking on this earth that are, you know, they know a lot about what they know a lot about, but sometimes the business applications, you know, uh, they don't know as much about it. And, and I've been there historically right through the whole thing. So it's it, it's a pretty neat, neat place to be. And this MVP designation that I have, there's only 85 of us in the world for customer engagement. 
Okay. So we get to see everything that the product group is bringing out all the, you know, the, the alpha code and everything else they're writing every year. They haul us down to Redmond for that. So we see a lot of things before actually a lot of the Microsoft field people do. All right. So I, I bet a lot of people don't know this, but I actually back in 2003, uh, me and my, my then business partner, Michael Thomas, we actually got certified on uh, my, it was just Microsoft CRM back then. Uh, yes, one zero, and I tell you, I'm so glad it's come as long away as. It <laughs> well, I laugh. I laugh at the younger people coming into the space who came in like at you know twenty version twenty thirteen and things like that, and I go, you have no idea how difficult it was in the early years. And sort of us veterans, we kind of stuck with it. There's only really a handful of us around now, uh, but we have a good laugh when we get together at the conferences. I'm glad it's a good laugh instead of a good cry, which is probably what it used to be back in the day. Well, you know, we had some difficulties, but, you know, we were there to help the customer. They all did. You know, honestly, they all did back in the day. So yeah. everybody's come a little far away, but this has really come a far away. So you mentioned that, uh, you know, that Dynamics is what? 10% of the overall Microsoft uh, kind of stream in terms of the business applications. Uh, what's the perspective today as opposed to back in the day when it comes to you know the application side of the house from a Microsoft perspective? How does Microsoft view business apps today as opposed to back in the day? Well, we're lucky. Satya came out of the business apps group, so uh, he knows all about our business, and he, he knows he knows why we're there and what we do and the important part we play in this dynamic ecosystem. But there's something happening that a lot, not a lot of people are aware of, and it's the power platform. So underneath dynamic, so we got to break dynamics into some different pieces. So we've got kind of the ERP side of the house and the CRM side. So on the ERP, we had historical products like Great Plains and Division and AX. Microsoft has you know, brought two of those products to the cloud. AX is now FNO for the cloud and um, NAV is now Business Central for the cloud. So they move those two over um, and CRM has become customer engagement. Well, underneath customer engagement, we had this development, low code development uh, tool called XRM. So for years in our space, we heard people talking about XRM. Well, then, so the when the new team kind of took over, some AX people took over Dynamics a couple of years ago, they said, you know what, we need this low code product right across the, you know, the Microsoft platform. And they took and they migrated this XRM into what they call now CDS, Common Data Service. And that Common Data Service is the underlying technology now in Dynamics, but also the Power Platform. So this is opening the doors wide open for our business application group, because you know traditionally the CRM guys that work with it all the way through, we understand it, know and love it, but now we're seeing SharePoint people come into our space. We're seeing Visual Studio developers coming into our space. We're seeing um, people that develop Microsoft Office developers, Windows developers, all these people were you know, I never interacted with before are all sitting next to me in these power platform sessions. So wow. I think Microsoft has got it right and, and are going to do very well. And uh, there was actually a Gardner quadrant that. Uh -oh. They've like already yeah. and they've already placed Microsoft up in the right quadrant. We lost you just for a second, but OK, I think we're back. Okay. 
Okay, so I'm just saying that, um, you know, Gardner Group just uh, posted a new quadrant about low code solutions and Microsoft is al already up in that right hand corner with the Power Platform. All right, so uh, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, the Power Platform is made up of Power BI, Power Apps, and was it Flow? Yes. Okay. And just recently, uh, you know, guys, let me let me make sure I uh, I got my my face up there and your and your name, so I don't want to confuse anybody. Uh, so let's talk about you know they talked about it from a citizen developer standpoint as they kind of rolled out the the the, the platform with you know the BI and the apps and the flow. But then just recently at a couple of conferences, uh, I think it was maybe Microsoft Inspire. Um, they roll out and they started talking about AI, like citizen AI, and and yes. being able to make AI accessible not to just the propeller heads, but this platform now does similar to what it did for citizen developers. Now it's going to do for like citizen data scientists. Is that what you're seeing there? Well, and from a, a marketing perspective, it's, it sounds great, citizen developer. Um, but I work on a lot of enterprise projects, so you know. <laughs> the citizen develop the citizen developer may be building their little app for managing, you know, their library books or something. But I think you know, once you get into sort of the enterprise, you're still going to have your architects, you're still going to have your BAs, you're still going to have your developers working on this. It's just going to be easier to work on it. So there there is a component of, of the citizen developer, and what they've done on the AI side, they have AI for marketing, AI for sales, AI for customer service. So they bundled a lot of um, AI capabilities in these modules. So people can just go in and configure the sort of ready-made AI formulas that they put together for you. Um, but if you're still gonna do some hardcore AI development, you're still gonna need uh, the guy with the propeller on his hat. <laughs> well, what about just the ability to use this platform, uh, but to integrate all the different pieces of Dynamics 365, you know, the data coming from these different apps, uh, how how has it opened up Microsoft CRM data and the abilities of some of the other pieces of the, the Dynamics 365 puzzle? How has this platform opened that up for people to, to leverage and create their own apps that take advantage of this data that's spread throughout the Microsoft ecosystem? That's the common data service. Um, and that's the old XRM development tool that we used to have. So the common data service is going to be the common tool runs across all these uh, D365 properties as well the Power Platform. So if someone develops a Power Platform app, that's a you know uh, an uh, office development team, they'll be able to go back and link that because the, the common data service will be able to link it back. Uh, into Dynamics. And there's one other um, component of um, the Power Platform that you didn't mention and it's brand new. And as they took the portal section out of Dynamics and now we have uh, Power Apps portals. Mm -hmm. So people can now do sort of customer facing applications um, outside their business through websites uh, back into Dynamics. So some pretty exciting components uh, are being put together on this. And, and I think this is the excitement at Microsoft. There's some real excitement out there. Like when we were at Inspire in Las Vegas a few weeks ago, which is the partner conference, you could really feel it in the air. I mean, people were excited. It's where we want to be. Um, and I've never seen the market so exceptionally, I guess I'll call it hot. 
um, you know, as a dynamic CRM guy, you know, I went through the old world where, you know, you talk to somebody, they want you to demo the software and have a thousand questions about it. Mm-hmm. I haven't demoed a software for a new client in maybe two years. It's just, they're buying it, right? They're going online, looking at the demos, you know, talking to people or whatever, and people are buying this software. And uh, and not only just buying the software, they're putting it into their enterprise applications and building on it, right? Like I've never seen before. So how, so that's interesting. So are you, you're talking about that both from a, a customer perspective, the excitement and a partner perspective, the excitement? Absolutely. All the all the um, business application partners that um, have been in this space for a while, they're almost sold out when I talk to them. Like they have just that amount of work coming at them. And now when we we've got a story to go talk to customers about. So now, you know, I'm going to say I'm guessing here, but maybe 75 percent of people that have deployed CRM are using it for sales. Right. And maybe customer service. Well, now we got dynamics marketing. I can talk to you about that. I can talk to you about field service. I can talk to you about customer service. I can talk to you about AI. I can talk to you about, you know, um, Power BI. I can talk to you about power applications. I mean, the conversation that we can have with our customers is just expanded tenfold, which is, you know, tenfold the opportunity. So talk a little bit about <clears throat> And, you know, I don't know what the the excitement level is when it comes to uh, the ability to integrate Adobe into things, you know, because Adobe and Microsoft have this big partnership. And uh, did I lose you? Rick, are you still Okay. Hey, you lost me. Lost. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you. Okay. I, was just I lost about you for a minute. Okay. I think we're good. I don't know what's going on here. But I, well, I was curious. This, this is a beta product, right? I was curious to uh, get your take on what's going on in in terms of excitement or interest when it comes to the partnership that Microsoft has with Adobe. Is that something that people are excited about? Is there more apprehension? What what is it from the partner uh, ecosystem, that that relationship? That's a good question Um, because... um, the Microsoft partner ecosystem is a very technical ecosystem. Um, you know, we've had some uh, leaders in the marketplace like Atlanta-based Click Dimensions, which is kind of the leader in um, marketing automation for Dynamics. And they, they, they have a, a huge install base, very, very good product. Um, so but Microsoft's got their own product called uh, Dynamics Marketing that they're developing in Europe. And we're seeing that come online. Well, the conversation with Adobe, again, kind of opens it up to a place we've never been before like these microsoft partners that that you know that i deal with all the time most of them have never had a practice in this area so it's not a real threat to them you know they've sold them maybe click dimensions before um but now you know they get into an enterprise marketing situation that that relationship expands the install base for one thing you know all these big customers using the the adobe suite are going to say well if it's going to be integrated to microsoft i'm going dynamics that's going to expand that business. And at the same time, our enterprise type customers that would be a fit for Adobe are going to say, you know what? Now I've got a real enterprise weight set of marketing tools that we can integrate to. So uh, we love the announcement. So that's on the top end. But you did mention Click Dimensions and you also mentioned the, the, the Microsoft Marketing Automation Project. How do those two fit 
Are they competitive at the kind of the SMB, the mid market? Yeah. So, you know, the um, the Microsoft marketing product, I think it's probably the second version coming through right now. I don't think it's as mature as the Click Dimension product. The Click Dimension has been in the market for probably a good eight years now. So they've got the install base. Um, they've got the functionality. I think that really helps small to small to mid market. Right. right. So I think, you know, a lot of that mid market, small mid market is going to stick with that. Then as we start to grow out and get require more functionality, they'll get into the dynamics marketing. And once we get into that enterprise where you're managing media buys and all that type of thing, uh, you're managing design studios. I think that's when you move into the Adobe. But, you know, I, we're going to have a solution that sort of covers the gambit. That's or we do have, right, actually, we do have a solution now that covers the gambit. I love when you say we. <laughs> I, 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 this guy is not actually working with Microsoft, but he. <laughs> uh, my buddy says, my buddy who's a partner says, uh, hey, Rick, you're the biggest Microsoft cheerleader I ever met. I'm going, really? <laughs> they, they Thank you. you. <laughs> it's, that, it's that bread and butter thing. <laughs> That's right. Talk about. LinkedIn. I mean, it feels like, you know, they bought LinkedIn a couple of years back for $26 billion. Lots of people are like, oh, this is a great move, particularly from a CRM perspective. It, it, there's this data rich environment. It doesn't have the same type of tool set that the Microsoft's, uh, you know, Dynamics 365 tools have the CRM. Um, but it doesn't seem like it's come together like people had anticipated or expected. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's so I do some work with the LinkedIn team. Actually, um, we have a actually a program coming of uh, a, a roadshow coming up in Canada called Collaborate Canada. We're going to have, you know, a day long D365 sort of love in in Vancouver and Calgary and uh, sorry, Vancouver, Toronto and Ottawa this year. And the team from LinkedIn um, works with me on some presentations we're doing in Toronto. So I, t I talked to them about a lot about what they're doing. And there's always that, um, you know, issue. We thought, we thought, okay, Microsoft bought LinkedIn. That means we're going to be able to pull all our LinkedIn data into our Microsoft CRM and vice versa. Well, I think the licensing on LinkedIn kind of stopped that, you know, and, and people didn't want to share that data and that's fine. But what, and, and another interesting thing is they're moving on as a, a, their own company still today. Right. So they run separately from Microsoft. They do their own thing. And, you know, they're working with Salesforce.com and Microsoft at the same time saying, how do we do more integration to your platform? Um, you know, I think in the long term, the Microsoft relationship will win out in some ways, but they're doing work on both sides. But we're seeing some interesting. You talk about AI work. I was seeing some interesting AI stuff they're putting together to be able to evaluate your opportunities in your pipeline. So they can use AI tools and LinkedIn to say, okay, how are you connected to your pipeline? And historically, if you won the deal, how were you connected? And if you lost the deal, how you were connected? And they can start using AI to better understand, can I actually, you know, what am I going to win in here and how I'm connected? So when I looked at this technology, I said, you know what I'd really like to see? Tell me how my competitors are connected to my opportunities, mm -hmm. right? You know, which ones do I think I'm winning, but I'm not? So I think that integration on LinkedIn from that um, association is, is very, very powerful. Um, some other things we're seeing too is, um, you know, we're seeing where I can update my CRM connections through LinkedIn. 
And, you know, I heard talk in the future, you know, if you have that integrated together and that person changed, then you're going to be notified. So I think there's some really cool things uh, around that. And I've become a big sales navigator user. Um, you know, I know it's an add-on product. It's an, you know, extra thousand dollars a year to use it or whatever. But I got to tell you, if you're in sales uh, and you're looking for opportunities and, you know, you're following up on people, there's never been a better product. Yeah, that was my issue. There's sales navigator hanging out there. And I think that that came about when they bought Connected way back in the day. Yes. Uh, but then you've got this full features, rich suite of CRM, Microsoft Dynamics CRM. And you have LinkedIn sales navigator still hanging around. It does seem to me like, is there, do you see a future where, you know, there is no sales navigator because it kind of gets integrated or fully in, engulfed by dynamic CRM? Maybe it becomes part of the power platform, right? Uh, so, so yes, uh, and, and right now they're completely separate code bases, right? So, you know, I think in the future we're going to see things look better, look closer, work better, and the reporting tools will be able to, you know, report on both sides. Hopefully, you know, I don't, I don't have any, vi you know, right, uh, visions of what's going to happen on the LinkedIn. It's more of what I'm hoping to see. Funny thing though, uh, didn't we? Where where is uh, LinkedIn gonna be uh, moving to? Hosted uh, Azure, I think. I'm sure. <laughs> well, who knows where they are now? They're probably uh, AWS or Google. So I'm sure they're. they're uh, it announced that it's moving to Azure. So it, yeah, it's, it's moving Azure. over. Yeah, it kind of makes. Uh, you, they may be running as a separate company, but you're not running on the competitor software. Why would you when Azure is there? I mean, it is yeah. a definitely. Yeah. Wow. All right. So one of the things we did want to touch on um, that you know, Microsoft team is something that really seems to be picking up a lot of steam. Uh, didn't even mean to like rhyme that, but apparently it just came out like that. But uh, one of the things that's going on with Microsoft, Microsoft Teams is that it's basically going to be taking over for Skype for Business and it's starting to already be kind of, uh, you know, they're starting to move it out. I think they said by uh, September of 2021, you're going to have to be completely off of it. But as of September 1st, it seems like they're kind of stopping selling uh, Skype for business client and pushing everybody to, to Microsoft team. What do you think of that? Um, I think it's great. I think, you know, of course, I think it's great because I'm a Microsoft guy, but no, uh, it's good. So Teams is a very nice platform. I use it on a daily basis, great collaboration. And I and I kind of moved through the whole group. So I was on the Link product at one time, um, then, you know, the Skype for Business, and now I'm on this product, Teams. Teams is stronger. I think it's on a better, uh, more stable technology, a uh, little bit friendlier for people to, to use. And, you know, when we use Skype for business in the past, once we get into big groups online, you know, you get a lot of people dropping on, dropping off. I, um, and depending on the uh, the bandwidth in the area you're in and teams, they seem to solve a lot of that, too. And teams has got a better integration. Um, you know, it's kind of taking over for their collaboration tool, uh, which is Yammer. Um, and I haven't seen too much on what's going to the future of Yammer, but that you know for sure is probably going to end up in uh, in in that teams. What is interesting to me, and I, we kind of tossed this out when we talked last week, 
I mean, Teams is a full collaborative tool. It does more than what Skype for business did. But here we are, we're actually having this conversation on, on the public Skype, you know, and we're doing you know, things like LinkedIn Live. Uh, do you see once kind of this transition picks up steam, do you see, you know, LinkedIn becoming a bigger part or a bigger integration between Microsoft team and LinkedIn for these kinds of things? Well, that's, uh, that's a good question because uh, they keep telling us that we're going to see events come back in LinkedIn. So it'll be interesting to see if there's an integration between what they're doing with the event tool and teams. Wouldn't that be kind of cool that if it ran on teams, uh, cool <laughs> <laughs> the more Microsoft, the merrier. You know, Rick <laughs> yes. And uh, joking. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, the more they do together, because Teams, like, you know, they're already saying Teams is the number one collaboration tool in the world because it rides along with Office 365. So you get Office 365, you get Teams. So as long as you're on that platform, you're going to have Teams. So I think we're going to see that become you know, very common for that world. Makes sense. I mean, you know, it, it's part of, I think the, the 365, you know, the platform it's become, and now that they are really moving to integrate it into pretty much all aspects of their business, um, it makes sense. So what's, what's the biggest driver right now of interest or momentum in your world when it comes to CRM particularly? The biggest driver today, and, and I think it's the biggest driver, but sometimes we don't notice it, is data, okay? Data, data everywhere, and I can't get a report. Mm. So I got data in accounting, I got data in my CRM, I got data in my manufacturing. You know, and I'm talking to someone right now who's got, you know, they're monitoring the data in their transport fleet and they want to bring it in. Right. So I've got data everywhere. But in order for me to understand my business and to really use these AI tools in the future, I got to get my data into one place and I got to get that data clean. And I think that's what's that's one of the big factors that's driving this digital transformation growth. The other big factor um, is the customer. Customers want more self-service today. Um, they want to chat. Um, so when I when I'm teaching, um, you know, CRM planning, we talk a lot about that. Where does the CRM system start? And I tell people it starts out at the chat, because when we talk to buyers today. It's actually the, in our in our conversations when we do it in a group in a in a session. Number one is chat, especially when we start talking to anybody who's a millennial. So let's say anybody under thirty five years old, and you ask them how they want to engage in a B two B purchase, they want to chat first, right? So technology all the way out from chat right back to that self service portal after I'm reordering stuff. So we're seeing customers saying. That's the way we want to connect. And also, one other thing, last year at CRM Evolution, when I taught the uh, CRM planning session, I had two customers in the room. One was a dairy manufacturer, and the other one was a welding machine manufacturer. And they came in and said, okay, we're hooking everything to the Azure cloud. Well, tell me more. Um, 
the guy from the welding machine company said, we want to be able to monitor all welding machines in the field. That's got to connect back to the Azure cloud, connecting back to my service people, connecting back to my salespeople. So that's a demand from their customer. And even the dairy manufacturer agreed with him. He says, yeah, we're not doing it because we want to do it. We're doing it because our customers are saying, if this machine is going to break down next week, I need to know because it's $25,000 an hour when it's not running, right? So I think the customers are driving it, saying we want a different level of service. And people are seeing this as, how you know, how can I win? How can I be more competitive? I've got to do it through technology. So it's again getting my data in one spot so I can work with it. It uh, so I'm going to pose you this question because I'm just finishing up my my CRM magazine column. Uh, Chris Cronus, I'm sure I'm going to get it to you. Believe me, it's coming. <laughs> but uh, I do some I do some uh, partnering with a site called SmallBusinessTrends.com, SmallBusinessTrends.com, and. Uh, we put out a one-question survey, and it was, and their and their uh, their audiences, you know, SMBs, not not getting into the enterprise, not so much, but really basic meat and potato SMBs. And one of the things we asked, or the one question we asked, was, "What is your biggest challenge with using CRM?" And we gave them a, a list of options. <laughs> I, from your smile, you probably already know what was the number one, but uh, there, there was two that stood apart from the rest. The number one answer was, it's too difficult putting data into the system, maintaining data, and trying to find data. That was absolutely number one challenge. And then the second challenge or that, that they, uh, and there's like 500 folks that did this. Uh, the second challenge was they don't understand what benefit CRM brings to their business. So when you have your Microsoft hat on, which I don't think you actually will ever take it off, <laughs> with your dynamic CRM hat on, how would you answer those challenges? A, data, too hard, to too much time, too difficult to put it in, maintain it, find it. And the one that really still in 2019 that really interested me is, I don't know how CRM benefits my business. Okay, so I run into this question all the time, okay? The only answer, again, is the data. If you're a business owner, that data's worth, if you're a small business owner, that data's worth tens of thousands of dollars to you, right? If you're a medium-sized business owner, it's worth hundreds of thousands. If your business is a little bigger, that data is worth millions to you. So what do you mean that data is worth money? Well, um, if I want to capture my customer, if I want to self-service my customer, if I want to understand my customer's business, it's got to be data. Even if I go to a third-party company and bring in data, I need the data. And when I'm working with salespeople, I've done, a, you know, that's been my career. My company's full contact selling. Um, I look at it this way. Guys, you can remember who you've got to follow up with on the short-term sales. So something's going to close over the next 90 days. You probably got it figured out. But the ones that take longer, 30, 60, 90, 123 years to close, if you don't have that in CRM, you will forget about it, right? You won't follow up with it. And we can prove that by, you know, looking at the email of a sales rep 
a year back and saying, who were you talking to then that you're not talking to now? And did they go and buy? Or are they still in that buying cycle? And you know what? If you would have put them in the CRM, you'd still be in the selling cycle with them. So once they start to understand that I'm good at short term and short term memory, but I need CRM to really um, to really keep me in the game for the longer term. All right. I'm going to play devil's advocate. Let's say they do understand that, but it's still difficult for them or they feel the perception is still there that it's, I just don't want to spend all my time putting in data. I want to sit in front of a computer and update it. I don't want to have to try to figure out where it is or try to figure out the little nugget of information that might help me close a deal. What do you say to those guys? Uh, well, let's. <laughs> there's there's a couple of ways to look at it. I usually get rid of those guys, but if we don't, if we can't get rid of those guys, <laughs> and we got to keep them, um, they have to understand. They're keeping the data somewhere. So I went. I, I did a a, a project uh, two years ago, east coast of Canada. Probably about twenty sales reps selling technology. We we customized the whole system for them, and it was all pull downs. They could go down and add an opportunity, just pull downs, click, 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 selections. The companies were in there, select with company. It would take them no longer than I would say maybe a minute and a half or two minutes to complete an opportunity. So the sales rep says to me, I'm not giving you that data. I says, what do you mean you're not giving me that data? He says, you don't need it. I said, I don't need it. I'm just here to help. I'll go talk to your VP of sales. He needs it, right? Um, that's why they don't, you know, they only want to give you what, and I'm not saying all sales reps like this, but there's a lot of that still out there. You're on a need to know basis on what's my pipeline because I really don't want you to know how I'm performing. But isn't it uh, with AI that you know we talked about you know throughout this, if, if AI allows them to actually start feeling like they're getting a benefit, let's say they're the AI kind of helps them find the insight because hopefully it'll it'll pop up the insight and say, hey, you should talk to this person right now uh, because if you do it right now at this stage of the cycle, you've got like an 80% chance of closing or something like that, which yeah. you know that AI helps with. Uh, but we also know that there are, you know, there's integrations and there's, uh, there's more and more ways that this data is getting into the system uh, without them having to type. But so is it maybe a, uh, uh, just letting them know that, hey, you know, it's not just about putting data in at this point. Uh, the data is finding its way in, but in addition to that. How's that data related to other data? Yeah, and how and how does that insight, instead of you having to look for it, now it's popping up and you yeah. don't have to do anything. You just have to use the system now. It seems like there's there's still a large group of people who feel like CRM has basically been etched in stone for the last 10 to 15 years. And they don't understand that, no, it's actually not just a place that people put data. It's a place where, you know, systems put the data and then the systems tell you what data you might want to use and how you may want to use it at this point. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, especially we start thinking, talk about LinkedIn Sales Navigator, uh, another product that for Dynamics Inside View, right? So there's these products that can say, let's look at your pipeline, let's look at your who you're going after. Here's 20 other companies that fit that profile. 
You know, have we talked to them? What have we done with them? All that sort of stuff. So it's, it's hard for me to argue with the person that doesn't want to add data to the system, right? It's, it's, it, because to me, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, you know, uh, if, if they don't want to do it, they don't want to do it. But if they want to learn what they can do with it and understand with it, and, and that's what companies are investing in now, right? They're, they're saying, okay, we have this data. How does it, how does it sort of set up with other data? How does it relate to other data? And what, what can we do with it? We're in that we're in that digital transformation. I tend to believe that the folks they want the data, they just don't want to have to work to put it in and maintain it. That's a different issue. <laughs> so if they, if they are open to the fact that hey, you know, you don't even have to do much of that, or at least as yeah. much of that as you had, maybe those are the folks that Rick will want to talk to. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, there's we can do stuff like I use Dragon Speak. I don't know if you ever used it, but I can type 80 words a minute with Dragon Speak and I can, you know, pick up my keyboard and type at about 25 words per minute. So there's voice and the voice stuff's getting better all the time. So if you've got to add data to a system, add notes to a system, you can do it over a phone. You can do it over a PC. You know, there's tools that can help you. Yeah, and, and, just, and sooner rather than later, because I'm, you know, I'm seeing it out. You know, just generally speaking, in the CRM industry, you're you're starting to see you know the whole idea of conversational CRM come to life, where instead of typing and clicking and swiping, you are talking directly to the system and getting answers or inputting data. Uh, but as long as it you're able to do so without having to type or you know sit down and type or click or search. I think as people become aware of systems that are more conversational in nature, that allow you to do more with your voice, uh, they'll start coming to you know see that this is not you know the CRM that they probably have been used to and maybe got gotten burned by over the years, but it's there and it's coming. Yeah. And I think that's going to once people realize that, then you're going to see an acceleration in adoption that we probably haven't seen before. And as these millennials get older, like you got to remember, they grew up on keyboards, whereas, you know, in the 90s, we didn't grow up on keyboards. We we got on the phone and called people where everything today now to them is chat and whatever. So adding data to a system to them is it's just a natural thing and they can do it very quickly. So it's it's going to become less and less an issue going forward. We're going to we're going to age out those ones that are. Hunting on the keyboard. And on that note, uh, <laughs> goodbye to those folks, apparently. Yes. Uh, but, Rick, this has been fun, man. I've really enjoyed this conversation. What's the one thing that we should be on the lookout for in the short term when it comes to what's happening in the Dynamics 365 CRM world? Um, you know, we've got an up, uh, you know, an up, upgrade coming up this fall. Um, I think, you know, some of the things that people should look at it, the marketing tool is, is a big one coming out. Um, they have a, a new client interface for the web. That's, that's really cool. So, you know, there's a lot of small innovations happening to a very wide product, right? So, uh, you know, is there one thing I think the, the, the CDS, the common data service opening up power apps, um, and letting that citizen developer or, you know, departmental departmental developer put an application together. I think that's really, really a game changer for this product. 
Next time we talk, I want you to do your best Steve Ballmer impersonation. <laughs> yelling developers, developers, I want you to yell partners, partners, partners. All right, we'll work on it. I'll go look at some old video. <laughs> All right, so uh, once again, Rick McCutcheon, full contact selling, Microsoft Dynamics CRM MVP, and uh, devoted Detroit Lions fan.